Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, certified business and mindset coach, author, and speaker. Each week, we'll be talking about simple but powerful business and mindset strategies that will help you build a lean, clean, and profitable business so you can learn to get out of your own way and pay yourself more. Forget average, it's time to level up. Hey, lovely, welcome back to the podcast. So great to have you here. Oh, today I have got a treat for you. I have brought one of my favorite biz friends onto the podcast, Kate Jeffries McKibben. I never know which one to go with <laughs> from Hello Funnels. Her and I love to catch up for coffees and talk tech, funnels, stats, business, sex in the city, vampire diaries, whatever it is. We love chatting about it. And so the last time we had a conversation, I just said to her, listen, you've got to come on the, onto the podcast. It is just so good to be able to have these types of conversations as well. Uh, and I really enjoy bringing you fireside chats where we talk about business, but we talk about other things as well, like how Kate's evolved in business and the different iterations of business she's been through and all the things along the way, which I think it's important for us to hear because sometimes... I think that what I see right now is people like stick with what they've got when it's totally fine for you to evolve and change things that you want to. And so this conversation, I think, really highlighted that. And so I hope that you enjoy it. If you've got any questions, then let us know. But otherwise, make sure you go check Kate out as well at Hello Funnels. And uh, without further ado, let's just dive into this week's episode. Hey, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, my brain has not turned on yet this morning. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows where this is going to go? But oh, this awesome. is a good start. <laughs> it, is a good start. it is a good start. So I have already shared that you and I are biz mates and we sometimes go out for coffees and croissants and all the rest of it and just have a really, and sometimes cocktails and have really good biz conversations. So the last time I saw you, I'm like, you have to come on the podcast and we have to talk about some of this stuff. So I am excited to have you on because I don't think I've had you on before, which is crazy no but yeah we've been uh yeah we've been hanging out for a couple of years now, I think so yes <laughs> who knows it's all a blur <laughs> over the last couple of years but listen for my audience who don't know you give us your little spiel what do you say uh basically I'm t- I mean I'm terrible at the whole elevator pitch but you know <laughs> hello funnels this this is my my business baby uh it's business number three point something or other. Mm. Uh, But basically I'm just a big nerd and I love geeking out on all of the digital marketing things, particularly digital marketing automation. Like Mm. I really got into that when um, I got pregnant with my son now, God, almost five years ago. Uh, And just, you know, being, seeing how you can just make things be more systemized and be a bit more hands-free and just give a bit more, you know, just that layer of extra reliability into your online business, which is something that just makes it sort of easier to to show up and be creative and all that good stuff. So I just love to nerd out behind the scenes, make all the, the robots talk to each other. And, you know, that's, that's my happy place. <laughs> I know. It's so good. Like when we catch up, you're like, right. So these are all the things, these are the numbers, here's a spreadsheet. And I'm just like, oh, yes. oh my gosh, I am so much more big picture 
I do like, I love the automation when it works. I think that's my issue is that like, sometimes we set things up and then I'm like, it's just not working. Why is it not working? (laughs) And that's where I get stuck. But before we kind of talk about that, uh, you've had such an interesting evolution to getting to where you are now. Like you said, this is like business three point something. And so where did it all start? Well, I did the maths the other day. I, I've been working for myself full-time for 16 years. Wow. And I've always called it my business baby. I'm like, it's not a baby anymore. It no. should be like, it's almost time to move out of the house. Like, it's, you know. <laughs> but, um, I mean, like, it started, and I think I was one of those people who always thought they were going to work for themselves because my dad has his own business. Okay. And so I just sort of always had that as a bit of a, a base to look at. But, uh, and I was just sort of waiting for the, for an idea, but I was working as a journalist in Sydney and that was my, you know, quote unquote dream job was working at fashion magazine, but it was just, the pay was horrendous. It like, you, I think I'd work, you know, you do more at McDonald's and the hours Do you were remember what long. it was? Cause I think my first job, I was paid $22,000. Well, so this wasn't a grad job. This was after, this was like years after. Duh. So I mean, my very first salary I remember was twenty eight thousand. Okay, and then but this this one was like low thirties, and okay. I was in my like mid to late twenties at this point, okay. living in Sydney, which is a very expensive city. Mm. Um, so you know, but you know, having having loads of fun, but I had to work a part time job at a pet shop as well to be able to like just afford my rent in my share house with a thousand other people. So I was like. And then you're at you're at your desk writing about the latest Prada shoes. I'm like, that's I'm never going to be able to afford this. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so I just, yeah. And and at that time was when online shopping was starting, with, just to date myself a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we were starting to get you know really exciting like top shops to deliver to Australia, and like that was just mind blowing for everyone. And there was also at the same time, there was a couple of newsletters. I don't know if you remember like Daily Candy. And yeah, yeah. there was a couple of others and they were a lot of like shopping recommendations. Everyone was subscribed to them that I knew. You couldn't buy anything because it was all in the US. So I'm like, this is crazy. Why? And so I came up with the idea to create a one a day, like a little shopping newsletter with a you know cute little write-up link to buy that was stuff that delivered everywhere so that you know didn't matter if you're in Australia or in the US you you could purchase it so um, this was for you this wasn't for the magazine that you were working for this was like the first independent thing that you were doing yes yes and I had I, I took it to the magazine first because I was their online editor so I was like here's a thing that we could do and their initial response was don't think this online shopping thing is going to be a a thing I was like okay Visionary. I do. Do you mind if I, you know, do this? And they're like, no, you know, have your, I got the blessing. And so mm. um, off I went. And it, yeah, and it took off. Um, we got to, you know, I think we had about 30,000 subscribers in the first year. Like, um, and they had to start figuring out, okay, now how do I monetize it? And I went down that business model that I knew, which was advertising and advertorials and stuff. Cause I was sort of coming from that background. Did that for many years realized that as a business model, it sucked, that it was very hard. It required a, like at the end of it. So this became drop dead gorgeous daily at the end of it. Like we were getting like half a million visitors a month and all this stuff. And we have, but we had like six or seven writers because we were publishing like 10 to 12 pieces of content a day. And it was just real, like very expensive model to run 
not super high revenue. And I ended up doing all the ad sales, which was like my least favorite thing mm. in the world. So I'm like, I hate this. There must be a better way. Um, and around about the same time, I was getting loads of people asking me about, oh, how did you do it? Like, how did you build it? How did you get start getting, how did you get that much traffic? How did you start working with brands and all this stuff? So I was like, oh, I'll just put it into a, you know, maybe I'll create a little course, see what happens. That good old story doesn't seem to happen anymore. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, right place, right time. Um, and so I wrote a blog post. I manually embedded a PayPal button into it that wasn't linked to anything. Like I had to then go and get their email addresses out of PayPal and figure out how I was going to send them this thing afterwards. Yeah. And yeah, and I just launched it and people bought it. I'm like, oh, okay, we'll better go actually create this now. And that's kind of been my business strategy <laughs> ever since. <laughs> I love it. Now, what was, so that was kind of business number one. Yeah. Business number one into business number two. Um, and that was, so it was all very focused around blogging the original courses. And I just had fallen out of love with blogging by that point as well. And I just couldn't sort of in integrity, go out there and go, this is an amazing way to run a business. You should, you know, let me teach you how to do it. Like, yeah, I can teach you how to do it, but I don't really believe in it anymore. Um, and through that whole process, i you know, as we were trying to add in extra revenue streams, I'd been geeking out on having little funnels, tripwires, list building, all that stuff. And I'm like, this is the bit I actually enjoy. And it doesn't have to be for bloggers. It can be for people selling all kinds of things online. So um, yeah, that's when Hello Funnels was born. What and, year was um, that? So change the name to Hello Funnels. The year that I got pregnant with my son. So what was it? Was born in 2019, so probably 2018. Okay. Um, but I, I temporarily changed it to be in my own name for a while while I was figuring things out because I just wanted to get the word blogger out of the title because mm. it was called Secret Bloggers Business. Yes. Um, and I'm like, I if I no longer want to be working with bloggers, I can't have business called <laughs> Secret Bloggers Business. Yeah. Um, so I changed it to my own name for a bit, tested some stuff out, and then yeah, went all in on Hello Funnels. Hello Funnels. And, yeah. Amazing. And so because Hello Funnels is very specific. Yes, yes. Where you you were like, this is the future. This is where I'm going. This is what I love. This is I'm like, this is the future for now. I've pretty much come to terms with the fact that, like, you know, I'm not going to be 80 doing the same thing. There's going to still be many. I'm sure there'll be many more pivots. I'll probably, like, be business 12.5 by that yeah. point. Um, but I like. I was sort of happy enough and I think I spent enough time playing with different things to know that I really enjoyed doing this side of things and that and also it could be so impactful for people when they you know they got it in their business so I was like I feel like that's kind of like a happy medium um and yeah that's my it, but it was a scary moment because I'm like how many times have I rebranded like let's let's go oh, and change I so the want to dive name into this. <laughs> I think it's a really interesting conversation. There's two conversations I want to have, actually. I'm just like, let's talk about all the things. The first one is let's talk about personal brand versus business brand because we're in a group chat and I was asking this question of the group around (laughs) uh, for BVC. Do you see yourself as a personal brand or do you see yourself as a business brand? And you were saying, business brand for sure. I don't want to like, I don't kind of want to be the face of the business, but you are though. But only because I can't convince anyone else on my team to do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> not out of, you know, I, 
the not and out I really, of wanting to be the face. No, and I actually really don't want to be. And again, it's nothing as strategic as you know. Some people like you don't want to be the face of a brand if you want to be able to sell it. I don't have that necessarily that kind of exit in my you know in mind. Yeah. I've been perfectly happy just to shut things down in the past, and I'm sure I'll be happy just to shut this oh. one down when it comes to it as well. Yeah. Um, but it's more that I don't know. I've always like even when I started the first ones, like I wasn't the face of it. And I think I always had that sort of model of you're the e- you can be the editor, and so like with the magazine, like there's the editor's letter, but the editor's not in every single photo inside the magazine. Yeah. Like they're like I helped you to direct and create this, but it's not the you know it's it's not the Kate show like it's the yeah, yeah. so that was always and I and I think also because I'm a bit I'm quite introverted as you know yeah like the putting the having to like coming up with stories and shit like it's just not my natural mm. mode at all um so when you and when you you are a personal brand I think you've really got to kind of lean in to that and be happy to be like hey here's me doing this thing on the weekend whereas I'm like I would only remember to do that if a reminder went off on my phone and be like Ugh, okay photo <laughs> yeah weekend yay and then you know like I'm just I'm that's not my yeah I'm a definitely behind the scenes person so I much prefer the uh the tinkering in the background than the being out front yeah and the way I mean the way that you market your business a lot obviously like you know with the programs that you have is through advertising yeah you use a lot of ads so are you are you doing a lot of organic or not really uh I mean most of our traffic comes from ads um and I'm I'm kind of happy for that to Mm. be the like I like that I don't have to rely on the organic I mean obviously free is great but it's you know I like the control that you kind of have when you're like you know I can turn this lever up I can turn this lever down Mm. um but yeah, if, but even in the ads, it's fine because ads with pictures of me don't necessarily do any better than ads with pictures of just a, a, a model from Canva. So mm. um, that makes me quite happy. But we'd still have to sprinkle some humanness in there. So I still, yeah. for now, have to yeah, show your put face. on yeah, get put out of makeup, put on Brush a bit of makeup. <laughs> Well, before this, I took the dog for a walk with the beanie on and I took it off and I was like, oh God. <laughs> but like, that's my, that's me. Every, I'm wandering around the house with, yeah. you know, mum bun and you know, coffee on my t-shirt. I'm just not the, uh, I'm not camera ready. Most yeah. yeah, no, all good. And I mean, like we always say, you either pay in time or you pay in money. So, you yeah. know, you either pay in organic where you're showing up and sharing, otherwise you pay in money through ads as well. But the second thing that I wanted to talk about was around just that ability to shut things down, the ability mm-hmm. to just decide to change. And I think this is something that a lot of people fear. I think a lot of people struggle with as well, where it's kind of like, well, if I just change the name of the business or if I just change the name of the course or if I just totally like burn it all down and start again, like I would say majority of people are definitely not in that camp. So talk to me about that. Like what's your thought around like if a program doesn't work or if something in the business isn't working, how do you make that shift? Yeah. I mean, it's not, it definitely wasn't, none of these were like quick decisions. Like it was not like, Mm. oh, this one thing hasn't worked. So let's shut it all down. It was definitely a process and almost a like, and I think at each iteration, it was a couple of years of feeling like I was just hitting a, br- a brick wall. And I'm like, why can't I 
kind of break through this. Mm. And it was then almost kind of sitting back going, it's because I don't really want to. Like it's sort of, you know, the, the and that's, you know, I'm quite, even though I'm not super woo-woo, I do kind of feel like every now and then you get these little intuitive hits mm. and it's like you need just have to even though it's terrifying like this when I shut you know moved on to business three point whatever did hello funnels like I had to get rid of all the secret bloggers business courses they were all running on like it was probably about 40k a month of revenue that was coming in on pretty much autopilot I got rid of all of it and then like a few months later found out I was pregnant I was like oops like terrible timing you know <laughs> but had you already got other things up and running when you let that all go i was i tested a new like but in a very sort of vague kind of like it didn't even have really a name yet i just had sort of gone out and had a few people had bought it and i was like okay let's see what kind of results they get so i sort of been doing a little testing behind the scenes um and the same with drop dead gorgeous daily like i sold the course and then secret bloggers business was growing and I was like okay I feel safe to let this go now so it's not like I've ever been one of those people who's like all right I'm going to shut off all you know shut this down and start something completely untested from scratch like I'm not that much of a risk taker and it Mm. did take probably like at least a year too long at each point where I was just driving myself crazy um, and to finally get up the courage to go, no, I'm just going to do it. Like it's, it'll be fine. I'll figure it out kind of thing. So yeah, uh, yeah it's not, wasn't like, you're like, oh, I'm just sick of this. I'm going to start this. Oh, and it worked. Yeah. Like it was definitely, there was, you know, lots yeah. of, you know, staying up at night and getting all different coaches to like, why, you know, what's going on? Why can't I fix this problem? And um, yeah, then it was just, I think, for me, I felt like it was just for each of them. I was sort of like, I got a bit out of alignment with it. And so I couldn't take it any further. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, I need to, what's the thing that's going to be, feel more like that I'm going to love doing it. And it's going to be, you know, I'm going to be happy to be talking about it, promoting it. And, you know, I know I can make a big impact for people. And when all that kind of came back together, then I was like, okay, I can, this yeah. thing I can do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even think that that's woo. I think that, you know, we always, I think just listening to your gut when you're like, am I hitting a brick wall because I don't love this because I don't want to talk about it because I don't believe in it anymore or whatever it is. But Mm. I think that that, I think that that is something that, you know, when I talk to clients as well, it's just like, how, if you don't love it, like, why are you doing it? And I think sometimes it's just this, well, I've been doing it for a really long time and like, how else would I do this or what else would I do? And I think it's just allowing ourselves to know that that evolution is going to come and almost preparing ourselves. It's like at some point something big's going to happen or something's going to change or you're going to want to do something else. Like how do you start preparing yourself for that as well? Like you, you know, you sort of said that you're at three point whatever, and at some point it'll change. I know that sometimes when we have conversations, we talk about what's working and what's not working. I mean, yeah. what do you think? Because the market's changed so much now. Do you feel like that? Is it just me, Kate? Or do you feel no, like it's... the market's gone through a massive change in the last like 12 months or so? I think it, it yeah, it definitely has been a big, there's been a big change, but a lot of the things, I don't know, the stuff that I feel like it was almost like going back to like a bit more old school mm-hmm. is because um, I know that's kind of what we've been, because we've been going deep into like numbers and stuff because I think this year has been really about 
for us anyway, finding where's the holes and where's the gaps because the two years previously was quite like everything was just kind of rolling along pretty easily. So you could kind of get away with having these, you know, oh, we've got some gaps in our numbers. We're not exactly sure where this person came from or how they found us, but it doesn't matter. It's all working. We just keep doing what we're doing. Whereas this year, I think it's just gotten so much more important to be like, well, what is the activities that are actually moving the needle for us? What does, you know, what does our buyer journey actually really look like? really diving into that and focusing on that. Like, I don't think the the tools of the trade have changed so much, but I just think where previously you could kind of get away with doing things a bit half-assed or doing things that, you know, weren't as dialed in or weren't as, you know, and it would still work pretty well. Now I think you just have to be a bit more focused on less less different tactics, like figuring out the right ones for you, but just making those really like mastering those tactics rather than being like, oh, we'll just try this thing and see what happens. We'll just try this thing and see what happens. And and everyone is just floating around in their like COVID, the government's just throwing money around yeah. kind of phase. And so, but yeah, I think now with a lot of the changes that are happening, I just think that consumers are just a bit more, uh, cautious and deliberate with what they're doing and so the holes are becoming evident Mm. and so you just gotta go and find you know find those holes yeah um but yeah but hopefully like I think we're just talking about before that it feels like this second half of the year feels a little less like gridlocked than the start of the year (laughs) more optimistic Yeah, yeah 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 but it's I mean it's definitely you know for everybody that's listening like there has I kind of felt like you know like you were saying the last three years whilst there was a lot of turbulence and you know a bit of a nightmare there was a lot of money yeah for 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 not for everybody but for a lot of people um, yeah. because people weren't going on holidays and people weren't you know spending on other things so they just kind of spent on their personal development and kind of, you know, moving themselves forward and things like that. So it was really interesting if you were already set up in the online space, you, a lot of people I know did really well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, like, obviously they were stuck at home. Yeah. People were getting a bit reflective about, oh, okay, working for someone else, maybe this isn't uh, the lifestyle that I actually wanted. And especially in the US, like they were giving out grants and things like confetti, like it was ridiculous I was talking to some clients about it and I was like wow I thought they were you know I thought they were handing out the money over here but it was a whole nother level you could get like do you get a loan from the government for like a million dollars just by signing a form kind of thing like that's probably so and now everyone's like okay back back to normal a little bit but also much less money floating about so that just obviously makes everything like as soon as people you know, it's a whole, what is it, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as people go, oh, I might not be able to pay for groceries and for my mortgage or my rent, then everything else is just going to go out the window and any yeah. sort of spending that they do do has to be, yeah, like this. They're thinking they about be- it like, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot a more lot consideration. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And so I'd love to know, cause you are a numbers person, which is not always my strongest suit. I don't, <laughs> I like them. I don't love them. So I like 
I sent you a spreadsheet once and you just wrote back, this hurts my brain. <laughs> and I was like, so proud of it. I'm like, this is going to, this is going to make it seem all like explain everything, Suze. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm like, okay. Our brains work really differently. <laughs> I love that. That is so, yeah, that is how I feel sometimes, but I do love a good spreadsheet. Um, I think I like a content spreadsheet more than a numbers spreadsheet. So I can fill in like lots of uh, like content ideas and things like that. But when you start getting into percentages and conversions and numbers, I know that we need them. We do use them, but I'm just like, <laughs> all right, like, let me look at this. My husband is very analytical. Um, but listen, I would love to know, like, what are some of the things that you've implemented over the years in your business that you think has had the biggest impact for you? Like where you were like, we did this and everything changed, or it just like, you know, helped our business grow, or it gave me a lot of time back. Like, what are some of those things that have been, I guess, pivotal? We know I'm going to say funnels, right? I do. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I'm so surprised. Yeah. um, No, but like for, I think it's been a couple of things. One is getting kind of really clear on what our best offer was. Um, And because I'm a bit of a constant creator, like I'm always like, oh, new idea. Oh, new idea. Um, But, you know, knowing what the bread and butter is, knowing what our sort of real signature offer was and just having a bit of a all roads lead to this kind of mentality, um, particularly in the first couple of years with the new brand was really, really helpful. But for us, yeah, definitely um, taking the time to get the automated sales set up, particularly because with the, our signature program, it's more of a high, it's a higher investment, and I never wanted to do sales calls. So I always had a bit of a, oh well, I, I'm never going to be able to sell a higher investment program because I'll have to do sales calls, and I refuse. Like I'm like that's one of my non-negotiables in my business. Yeah. So I'm like I'm just going to create offers where I don't have to do that, and then kind of being able to find that that middle ground of pricing that still allowed us to deliver really great value, but that didn't require a sales call and having a process that was automated to be able to, you know, take people through that process, give them the the information that they needed, give them the chance to, you know, reach out if they wanted to ask any questions, but that, yeah, basically allowed us to make sales of a, a higher ticket program that was sort of letting me, you know, teach the things I wanted to teach in the way that I wanted to teach it but without having to sell in a way that I didn't want to sell. So mm. when we got like that piece in place and working, like so like right offer, right sort of sales and conversion system, I guess. Um, Were you doing sales calls at the beginning? Never. Never. Okay. No, I just flat out refuse because I wouldn't like. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Like the number of coaches I've had over the years as well who are like, oh, you've got to have a 10K program. I still don't have a 10K program. Um, and you've got to do sales calls. I'm like, but why? Like, because like, that's the only way you're going to grow. I'm like, Surely there's other ways. Like, mm. you know, I didn't start my own business to have to do things that I hate doing. Like, I, mm. that's why I got rid of business one and two. Like, I definitely wasn't going to do that with business number three. So yeah, that was, yeah. That, I mean, that was a real game changer for us. Like the fact that, because I, I mean, I also don't love launching, prefer to not do it unless we've got like something new that we want to sort of talk about. So being able to just be like, right, we've got our system set up in the background, they all work. So now all we're doing is focusing on like, how can we try and bring value, 
increase engagement and just keep talking to the people who are finding us so that they then can, you know, when they're ready, they can come and, you know, jump in, get the information they need and potentially join. But that piece is all automated. Mm. It's just just frees up a lot of time and a lot of sort of brain space as well to go, particularly that sort of, so we've got a thing inside our program, we call it like the financial freedom checkpoint. And it's like a metric we use as well, where your, like the combination of like your MRR, which is, does everyone know what that means? Monthly Monthly recurring 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 revenue. revenue. Um, And your uh, new sales that have come through your funnel. So basically your basically hands-free revenue covers your budget for the month. So it's sort of like the closest thing to having like a paycheck as an entrepreneur. So it's like, all right, I know that you know if we're spending this amount a month and I'm paying myself this amount that our funnels need to make roughly this mm. and then anything else, like if we do a little promotion or whatever, like that's going to be on top. And that's sort of, that's always like our minimum kind of checkpoint of like business health, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry, I went off on many tangents there. No, I, I love that. I no, 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 I totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like one of the biggest things. So putting funnels in place. I'd love to talk about team. Like when you first started the business, did you already have a team? Like had you be, did you bring people over from Secret Bloggers business or were you just starting from scratch? Well, I'd so it was more, so with Hello Funnels, it was myself, I tried to bring like one person from Drop Dead Gorgeous Daily into Secret Bloggers Business. It just didn't work because it was too, you know, they wanted to write about nail polish and shoes. And even though they're all amazing, like I, I just couldn't convince them to come yeah. and write about marketing or blogging. Um, what actually, uh, so yeah, so I think it was me and my VA who I've just had forever, like um, Sarah, I think she's been with me for like 11 years. Wow. Um, so I think that was just the two of us. Um, and and then, is she full-time in your business? No, no, she's okay. only like, and she's so she's like customer service admin, kind of like the, yeah, all the little detailed bits that, you know, I'll just procrastinate on forever and will never happen because it's not, it's not the details that I find fun anyway. Mm. Um so yeah, no, it was just the two of us to start with. And I feel like I had an OBM. No, what happened was I'd hired. So when I started, sorry, um, <laughs> when I started Hello Funnels and then found out I was pregnant, I was like, oh, I'm going to need more team, right? Like this is very, you know, I've got to get the automations happening so I can have a maternity leave. And I kind of built what I call my maternity leave funnel. And then I need team just to make sure everything's like ticking over. And then all I planned on doing was jumping into the Facebook group and answering questions on my phone while, you know, burping babies or whatever. Mm. So um, I hired an OBM and then like a week after my son was born, she went MIA and then she messaged me a couple of weeks later saying, and she'd been working with me for like about six months at this point, just saying that her and her boyfriend had broken up. And so she wasn't Going, she was too sad to work um, and she just wasn't going to be able to work for but didn't months. didn't feel the need to let you know that she wasn't going to be around when you went on maternity leave. Yeah, I was like, but I hired you for this one reason. And obviously wow. I was like, I know that that sucks and it can be very, very heartbreaking, but just just a simple email would have. Just, just yeah, yeah, just let me know. Or maybe do you think you might feel like a bit better in a week and be able to keep working? Like do you need to just completely yeah. leave me in the lurch? So, yeah, so that 
then there was a bit of a scramble to get a couple of other people in place. But I think the team that I have now, most of them have been with me for several years. So wow. yeah. So give me a breakdown who, I don't mean names, like what positions have you got in your team? So yeah, my VA, who's, as I said, been yeah. here forever. She's customer service and admin. <laughs> We've got um, a community cheerleader. So they just, she kind of makes sure that all the trains run on time. So she's like anything that needs to go into a calendar for our actual um, clients, um, all the reminders, following up with people, making sure everybody, you know, if any, someone's dropped off, reaching out to them, celebrating people who've had wins, all that, you know, she's just in charge of making sure that's all running smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um, got an OBM who's like very like tech heavy. So she um, basically, I'd normally go in and I start building something crazy and then I hand it over to her to make sure it actually works. Like, because <laughs> I'm like, I've had this idea and I've half built it. And uh, yes, can you now go and do the fiddly bits to make sure that it all actually runs mm. nicely? Um, and then a content uh, producer. So, because obviously I've, I think I've already said it's not my. Yeah. Yeah, even though I used to love it, I think yeah. I but I think I just ran out of words after doing you know ten blog posts a day or whatever ridiculousness we were doing yeah. back in the day. So yeah, and then there's me. So we um oh I'm sorry we have obviously someone doing our Facebook ads as yeah. well. Um, but they're sort of external freelancer versus core team. But that's yeah, yeah. yeah. and so that kind of means that. You know, because I was very, because my son's still young, I really wanted to only be working part-time until he was at school as well. So I know there's pieces in that that I could do more of if I was working full-time, but it's, yeah, I thought that, was, that that's kind of like the priority in these yeah. years. And then once he's back to school full-time, just look out. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like you've got the balance that you want right now? Um, do you believe in balance? Like how how does how does that hold? Because uh, last week or the week before, we talked about ambition and ease in business. Yeah, like how you balance those two things. Like, where do you sit with that? Like, do you have really big goals and really big dreams and like wanting to conquer the world, or are you kind of like you know, like I'm pretty happy with like things that tick along and work the way that I want? Yeah, I've never been the big like. I'm going to go and change the world kind of person. I've always just been like, I want to help some people. I want to enjoy my life. Yeah, I'd like to leave the world a better place, hopefully, than I found it. And, yeah. you know, that that's kind of as long as I'm like for me, working for myself was always like, I just want to be able to do something that I enjoy every day. That's what I'm going to be spending the majority of my life doing. I want to actually like doing it. Um and, you know, preferably also that it, it pays me enough to actually have a, a lifestyle I enjoy as well. But I'm, you know, I don't need a Ferrari or a mansion, you know, got. So, yeah, I'm a bit more of a, like, as long as everything's sort of ticking along, like at my number one goal is paying off our mortgage. Like, that's about it. Like, that's, you know, that's sort of goal yeah, number one for me. that would be so good. Yeah, that's, that's a big goal for me too. I'm just like, yes, I just want to be able to like yeah. one day just be like, and there, we're done, I'm finished. That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember listening to um, a podcast once, I forget who it was, but they were, said that they'd set themselves, and this is someone like who's very 
actually do remember who it was. It was Jenna Kutcher. But I remember yeah. listening to Poke. She's like, it was our goal this year to basically mean that like everything was paid off and we had enough in investments that if I wanted to, I didn't have to work. Mm. And I was just like, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. Not, not near there yet, but you know, that would be, yeah. a, that would be a cool feeling. But then it doesn't mean you'd stop working. It just means that yeah. you're actually doing it because you love it. Yeah, there's not the like there's not the stress, the money stress with it or yeah. Yeah, there's no and um me and my husband even had this, I don't know why. He got in his head that we were he wanted to go and buy a lotto ticket and we we're gonna win thirty million dollars. Like, you know, when those big ones come up. Manifesting it, you know, you gotta yeah. believe it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um and uh so he's like, Oh, when we win thirty million dollars, what are you gonna do? And I'm like, probably just have a complete existential crisis because I mean what if your motivation like I think I would enjoy spending it for the first like year or so, and then I'd be like, "Oh my god, what? What's the, what's the motivator now? If it's not yeah. just like, yeah, let's pay off the house, let's do this." I'm like, "We've got all those things, then you need to go and find a whole new, like, yeah." yeah. Sorry, I'm taking you off on another tangent here. No, I love. My- <laughs> I'm all. I'm here for tangents. They're so good. Yeah. Now I'm just like, for me, I'm like, yeah, I'd pay off the house, and I'd buy the kids' properties. Yeah. And I'd get myself a new car and then I'd probably just bank it and we'd just have really incredible, amazing holidays. Yes. Like I would be flying yeah. first class everywhere and yeah. I would just like want to go to incredible places and do amazing things. But but what's that? Like that's kind of it. Yeah. So then you need to go find, okay, well, what's now the dry, like what's going to be the thing that's going to oh, be I think occupying I your still, brain? I think I would still work, but I just think it would be just in a very different way. Yeah. Like I think for me, I would like want to do like more speaking and maybe more writing and all of that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I think it would just look a bit different. Like I yeah. think I would do more of the personal brand stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'd still do some coaching, but it would be probably maybe three days a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two days a week, maybe, kind of thing. Just to keep doing stuff I love. But yeah, yeah. I'd be too busy traveling, Kate. That's the thing. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think it's, it's just such an interesting question to kind of put yourself because it then starts to highlight well, what are the bits in my business? that I love yeah, and I would want to do regardless. And there's definitely, and I think for me, cause I just I said, I love tinkering in the back end. I'm like, I would just want to be able to set it up that almost like um, we could be constantly experimenting with things. So like, I'd want to get some team in. So I'd be like, what would happen if we did this? And then we could go and do it and then go, Ooh, that's interesting. Well, now what do I like? That would be. Um, uh See, now I would hire somebody to do that. So I would hire like an ops manager. I would have like a content team. I would have like somebody who like just does, they're like, they're like the person that's like, okay, let's try this. Let's try that. And I'm just kind of swanning. I've got a girlfriend (laughs) who she's in a corporate job, but she's like, darling, I only do glamour and strategy. (laughs) She's in marketing, but she's like, we only do glamour and strategy. When people come to me with the details, I don't want to know. (laughs) I'm just like, okay, I need more glamour and strategy in my life. So yeah, I would just hire like uh, the back end of my business. And yeah. I would just be the the face, the voice, the ideas, like all of that. That's so See, fun hire, to think about. I would hire the front end of my business. And <laughs> I would be. <laughs> yeah. So I would good. Get, yeah. For, I mean, for $30 million, I could probably go and find like a doppelganger somewhere and just make them pretend like 
Facebook AI something or other to end I find AI scary. Like as in the, I was watching, uh, there was an ad and it said, if you're not using AI to create your online courses, what are you, it was like, what are you even doing? But the actual AI generated person who was was speaking, we were like, oh, that's so creepy. Yeah, no, the, the so AI thing and the whole, like, I know everyone's like jumping on it and I think there's amazing things that we can do obviously with AI and it's going to be a very interesting tool. It also just terrifies me. Yes, um, agree. And in like the, in this, the least terrifying level is what it's going to do to, um, you know, this sort of like, because we already were kind of like in an era of, because of the way social media works, of a lot of it being like quantity over quality, like, and the same, and there's already lots of people who are kind of jumping into this space who are like, oh, this is going to be a fast way to make money. So I'm just going to like churn this thing out and get it out there. And you know, I'm, I'm all for moving quickly and testing and whatever. But if we now can have AI just creating the content and creating everything like there's no quality controls on that there's no uniqueness on that mm. there's no oh my god it just feels like i just want to get off all social media right now i'm like if it's just going to be like just churn 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 yeah. not even like it was kind of bad enough when everyone's just like going let's just use templates and now it's, it's the same caption everywhere and the same you know pose the pictures are all the same and everything's everyone just sort of is blending into a bit of a generic kind of blur because that's whatever the current trend is. Like, hey, I was just going to amplify that. And yeah. And I was, I was, uh, I saw a TikTok the other day or something where somebody was like, oh, basically like you don't need to have done it. You can just ask AI, like, how would I write a marketing strategy? And then you can just tell people like, and I'm just, I'm just like, oh, like it's just, yeah, it's almost like, I'm just going, somebody's going to tell me this information. I'm going to regurgitate it, but I actually have no expertise, experience, mm. knowledge around it. And I just thought, wow, like that is, that is scary. But yeah. Like, like where's the doing your, your thousand hours, you know, like the actually like being in the trenches, learning it, learning your own different version of it to make, that's what kind of makes you have a different offering to the 10 other thousand, you know, 10,000 other people doing in the same space. Like if everyone's just going to be typing into AI, mm. write me a marketing course. And then I will just go, Bleh. and you're like, okay, now I have a marketing course, but that's just, I don't know. Yeah. That I know yeah, that I worries know. me. I know. I know. Okay. So two other things we've got some time a little bit is number one, what are some changes that you're making in your business now? Like based on AI, where the market's going, what's happening with courses? Is there anything where you're like, these are some things that we're really thinking about or looking to do? Um, for us, we are, you know, two two things. One, as we were have been spending a fair bit of time on getting our like data really like like dialed in, like having like really good strong dashboards. Because we've always tracked everything and it was almost like it was it was too much, but it didn't tell the full story. And I think anyone who's got a tech stack where it's like, you know, your email's over here and your course is over here and your checkout's over here and Facebook ads obviously keep changing what you can and can't track. And so it can be very difficult to get that full story. Mm. Um, 
So <clears throat> been, yeah, been spending a fair bit of time on that. And it's been really interesting. Um, Do you feel like you're getting the insights that you want from the data? I feel like, well, I feel like we're 80% there. Like we've got some okay. really good stuff out of it. There's some more stuff in there that I think we just need to figure out how to, particularly in sort of like an automated way, like without my poor VA having to daily be logging into a thousand places and chucking into a spreadsheet, yeah. like to be able to have this actually be something where I just log into one dashboard and it just tells me everything. So, but that's been, yeah, that's been very, very interesting, particularly for us with a higher ticket program because our buying cycle is a bit longer. Mm. So like it was very much like, how do you know which ads or which pieces of content or even which things you've done live have actually ended up being the thing that either attracted the right person in the first place or was the thing that made them go, okay, I'm ready now. Mm. This, this is, you know, this is, I've now got all the information that I need. If they're now buying 90 days later when no pixel is, is tracking that. So that was a, a story that I was very, um, yeah, very interested in making sure we actually fully understood. So that's been really great. Um, and then the other thing just for us, like I said, like we've got this funnel working in the background. I keep changing it, breaking it, and then putting it back. <laughs> Putting it back to what it was? But what it was, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I went and updated it. I, like, redid all the videos. Everything was gorgeous. And then it didn't convert as well as the scrappy things that I threw in in the first place. So I'm like, okay, undo, undo all that, undo. Mm. Um, but for us, it's just now, like, okay, we have this little machine that runs in the background. So, like, I kind of now see our job as being well, how can we put out value um, in new and interesting ways that keep getting, you know, give people more chances to sort of engage and to build trust and to build, you know, to get a bit more educated. Cause obviously our like funnels is a, it's not a beginner topic. Mm. It's a slightly more advanced topic. Mm. Um, and to be, so yeah, we're just focusing on how can we sort of in again, a systemized way as possible without driving myself crazy by just constantly having to create new things yeah. but yeah how can we sort of be out there creating these new little moments of engagement and connection so that's all with and without the now that we know a bit more of our buyer journey it takes that sort of pressure off this thing has to immediately convert to sales because mm. like actually we know that people need to have two to three touch points with us over like some like we get you know, some people convert in the first 30 days, but then you have a lot of people who it might be a year later, two years later. Yeah. So just being able to stay top of mind, to show, have different ways of, you know, creating opportunities for them to come in and connect or to get curious about the topic and sort of finally go. Cause I, I mean, funnels is one of those things that's never number one on anybody's to-do list. It's always like, what? that'd be nice, but I've got to do all these other things first. It's kind of, yeah. I think, I think a lot of people have that, like, Oh, when I get to here, then and I'll I think people do that. find it hard. Like I think people find funnels like it feels like it can be difficult. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of pieces mm. depending on how complex your funnel is, but there's a, there can be a lot of pieces up and down to that. And I think that apart from the simplest form of a funnel, I think people find it a bit difficult to understand. Yeah. And yeah. it's not a it's not a sexy thing. It's not a quick fix. It's not something you're going to get done on a weekend. Yeah. Like it usually requires a bit of okay, roll your sleeves up, build this thing, 
test it, yeah, tweak it, you know. So, and, you know, that making the space for that can be yeah. difficult for people. Um, but the ones that do are always, like, really glad they did because it has such a big impact. But, yeah, when you've got a 1,000 other competing priorities that are a bit more mm. immediate, um, it's, you know, it's it's the eating the broccoli and exercising every day. Like, yeah. It's eating the broccoli. Have you seen that one where they eat the broccoli and smell the chocolate as they eat the broccoli? No, really? (laughs) Maybe that's right right down my TikTok hole. (laughs) I think that would just give me an aversion to chocolate. Oh, actually, maybe that's a good idea. (laughs) I think we taste what we smell. Anyway, anyway, that really is a tangent we're not going to go down. But I just one tech question on that. What, What funnel tech do you use? Like, is there any tech where you're like, we love this? We love active campaign. Yes. Um, I think ConvertKit's also good, but I think it's a bit of a like, are you an iPhone or a Samsung person? Like some people, okay. some people just works for their brain and mm. the other one doesn't. And yeah. So you build all of yours in AC in Active Campaign? Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Okay. Um, we don't use any of their page builders or anything like that. We just yeah, have yeah, the, yeah. the very lot like the most basic, basic plan. We don't use any of their other fancy features. They keep yes. trying to get us to upgrade. And I'm like, no, like we don't need sorry, don't need it. Yeah. Um and then we use Show It for all of our website, landing pages, yeah. blog, and everything. I love Show It. Um, and then I'm not particularly f- like, you know, we have, could, then we kind of have every tech because part of our program is showing people how to use mm. stuff. So we have to have a subscription to absolutely everything. Mm. Um, so when we're like, oh, we need to do a webinar, which of the three webinar softwares we pay for shall we use? Like, it's just sort of wow. being like, okay. not, and I'm not particularly in love or enamored with any of them or the courseware, like they all sort of do what do they the need same. to do. Yeah. 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 But those two, I'm quite, you know, Active Campaign and Show It. I, yeah. They're and my ride or die. We use Kajabi and also Thrivecart Learn for yeah. our. How are you finding Thrivecart Learn? I've bought Thrivecart. I have not worked out how to use it properly yet because I just bought <laughs> it a little while ago and I'm just like, oh, another thing to learn. But yeah. yeah. Do you like uh, it? Well, I mean, I love, I do love Thrivecart. Um, I feel like I'm hoping because they got acquired, I believe, not long ago. Um, so I'm hoping they'll get a bit more investment put into them because there's, they're lagging a little bit behind of like the Sam carts and stuff like that. But it's a good odd, it's a lifetime license. So, yeah. you know, they're it's not obviously going to, yeah. Yeah. So you kind of have to weigh those pros and cons up. But Thrivecart Learn, um, it's, I mean, it's good. It's basic. It doesn't have, all the you know some of the bells and whistles but sometimes you don't actually need yeah the bells and whistles like I remember when I created my very first course um like the only course I'd taken before that was b-school and so I saw how beautiful Marie mm. Folio's course platform was I'm like mine has to look like this yeah and it was a ones- lot wasn't it like I mean we were talking about this in our chat group the other day I think I did it in 2014 maybe yeah, and it yeah. was just like so stunning. So when you do your first course, you're like, oh my God, it has to be amazing. It has to. And then you you log into Teachable and you're like, oh, like, is this all is this all I can do? Like <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So good. Uh, but yeah, I did kind of learn, come around to that lesson that spending the time and the effort and whatever on trying to make something pretty different yes. so make it better. Um and yeah, yeah. so I there's a guy that I love, Justin Welsh. He does LinkedIn and he's got a course um, which is like 150 USD. Uh, if you want to check it out at suzechadwick.com forward slash Justin. That's my affiliate. Um, <laughs> because the other thing is he, I think he just, 
I think he uses Kajabi. It is the most basic setup. Mm -hmm. The quality of the content is amazing. If you love LinkedIn, if you want to learn LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, He's just in like a sweat top and he's like, it's almost like a loom video where he's just up in the corner, but the content itself is like so good. And it just reminded me, and he's made like over $3 million with that or something. Yeah. And it just reminded me that at the end of the day, the content is what matters. Like the ability to get your client the transformation for them to learn exactly what you're teaching. And I think sometimes we overcomplicate it and feel like it needs to look a certain way in order for it to sell or for people to get the outcomes. And just watching that that course that he did, I was just like, it's like if he can make $3 million in a hoodie using Loom yeah. and putting it into Kajabi, like, you know, I think oh, sometimes yeah. the simplest thing works really well. I think that that's, again, not a tangent, but it always just the the way that, you know, as women, and I know I'm going to massively generalize us as a- I know what you're going to say and I'm going to agree, yeah. But, you know, we're like, okay, to do a video, I have to have perfect hair and I have to do my makeup and the lighting's got to be right and I've got to clean up all the dirty washing that's behind me and blah, 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 blah. And then you watch all these dude marketers and course creators and they're just like whack on a hat, you know, they're wandering around while they're just walking down the street having a chat or, um, you know, I, I've seen one where the guy's just lying in bed, like, it's like he just woke up and decided to record something. I'm like, this, of why do we put so many barriers in front of ourselves and slow ourselves down? But then on the other side of it, the expectations there, and I know I've just done like, you know, just done looms or not looms, don't like a, yeah. a reel or whatever where I'm got messy hair and the light, it's dark, rainy day and mm-hmm. everything's, the lighting's been, you know, sad and, they get very low engagement. Whereas you put on a bit of makeup and you do your hair nicely and all of a sudden people are like, oh, yes, you're a female on the internet. We have a certain expectation of you. We'll now engage with you again. I don't know. It makes me mad, but that's uh, maybe Greta Gerwig can make her next movie about (laughs) online entrepreneurs. Maybe, but I think it's really interesting because... I remember this was, I feel like this was such a long time ago, but there was a woman, I think she was on YouTube or somewhere, but she would record and she'd have dirty washing in the background. And she did it on purpose because of the number of comments that people would make about why was there a sock (laughs) on the floor. And she's like, and the reason I do that is because the more comments I get, the more like virality it gets. So she used to like use those little things where it wasn't perfect as Mm. almost like the, the main thing that would encourage people to be like, your room is clean except you have a sock on on the left. And she was just like, thank you for your comment. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was so good. Have you got five more minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Because I wanted to ask you, what are you listening to or consuming right now? Like who are people that you're seeing in the online space where you're like, oh, I love them. Like they're so good or anything like that. Well, I mean, my I think my answer to this is not going to make you happy because at the moment I go through phases where I'm like, all right, I just need all the motivation. I need all the new, you know, just fill my brain up. And then I go through phases like, no, full, sorry, no, sorry, yes. customer, no longer taking your information. Thank you very much. And I'm in that phase at the moment. So I'm just listening to trash. I My favorite podcast at the moment is the, and just like that, like after each episode, someone does a like recap of the episode and they discuss the Sex it. in the City reboot. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so hilarious. And I have to say, I am loving it that Aiden is now back. 
a little I'm, bit. Although yes, the last although, episode was a bit full on. Yeah. Why is it that men crying on TV makes us all feel so uncomfortable? Like it's such like it's the embedded toxic masculinity that we kind yeah. of can't get past. Yeah. Um, we just, yes. Because we just don't see it. And it's not just crying. It's like the ugly cry. It's like the heartfelt like hysterical cry you just don't see that you never see that like men being portrayed like that yes it's a Dawson it's like that Dawson's Creek meme you know the Dawson's Creek crying face meme I'm like I want to see the Aiden one next to it but um they did just get renewed for season three by the way I did see that very excited I love that we go from funnels to sex in the city this is like so good yeah my two favorite topics I have to I have to, and you're a vampy like me, aren't you? Do you love, we were I, talking about vampire shows as well. Yeah, yeah. I, di- I dip in and out. I can't go too, like I, I need some, I need to break it up a bit. I can't have too much blood sucking happening in a row. Like <laughs> I need some alive people for a while and then I can go back to the undead. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's hilarious because Kate sent me a message going, I'm watching Discovery, which is, I'm like, yeah, I did that ages ago. And then because you told me, I went and rewatched it because I'm like, it's been a while. I need to like get back into it. Yeah, I love all of that. So you're listening to the po- pod, what's it called? Uh, it's called Still Watching. It's by Vanity Fair. So they do a different season. Watching. Like- I'm writing it down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're just going through and, and pulling apart every episode. I almost like want to be able to like message them going, no, that, you know, this was a good, <laughs> there must be a chat somewhere about it. Like, can them- you go chat on like where they're posting the episode or something? Yeah. They've probably got a Instagram thread going somewhere that I can, I can dive into. I do try and have all my apps blocked during the day. Um, yeah. it's my, otherwise I, other than messenger, which I probably should block cause I just spend half my time sending everybody memes and games. <laughs> Anything else you're listening to or watching? Um, I mean, the, I've always loved um, when I am feeling like I need a bit of inspo. Like I love Alex Famosi's podcast, um, even if I have mixed feelings about his new book. Um, I yeah. love you know Chris Harder and Laurie Harder. Have you? I know the them? names. I know I know Laurie Harder's name, but I'm I've not really been in their world. Yes. Well, they are. I was in a mastermind with them years ago and I didn't know, like I hadn't kind of come across them before that. And they were just such lovely, amazing human beings with just such an incredible story. I started following them on their podcasts and I, yeah, I find they give really good, like I like, I love a very unscripted style of podcast. So I like, even though I know there's some great ones out there, which are quite polished, I can't handle them like I listen to them mm. like I don't like the sound of someone someone's reading voice I'm like I want mm. you to just riff at me so I like those more off we the cuff a riff. Yeah. yeah yeah so okay. that's probably my two um and so do you listen to their podcast have they got a podcast well they each have their own podcast and then okay. they do episodes together as like husband okay. and wife because they both got their each they've both got two different businesses we'll have the links in the show notes I'll have to check them out Yes, the so Laurie Harder is called Earn Your Happy, and then I think it's just the Chris Harder podcast is okay. Chris's one. You're happy. Okay, cool. Awesome. Oh, so good. I love that. We do need a, we need play as well as work. So I think yes. it's important. I like the Guilty Feminist. That's one that's not a businessy one that I quite enjoy as well. But I don't think, I think most of mine are sort of businessy. I do like the Life Coaching School, but that's also a bit businessy and Life Coaching we just need some, oh, you know, shame. Is it not shameless? Is it shameless? Smartless. 
Smartless. That's yes. it. That, yeah, that's my that's too. that's my other favorite. I, I kind of feel like they're like friends now. Like I've been listening to so long. <laughs> and they've got it's, that. Is it Netflix? They've got their show on Netflix or one yeah, of the streaming services. Yeah. I think that's the power of it, you know, of having a long running podcast that people just consume every week. You kind of almost have feel like you've got this personal relationship with someone that yes. you, uh, you've literally never met. Like, yeah. So good. I love it. Awesome. Oh, I think that was it. I think we went from funnels to story to vampire to yeah, we covered the all city. Of I'm the here. For, that's what fireside chats are. Yeah, yeah. We have no structure. We see where it goes. I love it. It's so good. Well, this is just <laughs> like you know, people coming and having a little fly on the wall of us yeah. sitting in a coffee shop and <laughs> being the crazy <laughs> cackling ladies in the corner while everyone <laughs> else is you know having their their business serious business meetings and way. <laughs> I'm here for it. I am so here for it. So, so good. All right. So, Kate, where can people find you? And tell us, what's what's the name of your podcast as well? Uh, the podcast is called Doing It Online because yes. I do love a little double entendre. Uh, and <laughs> That's why we're friends, yeah. Um, don't Google doingitonline.com, by the way. It's straight up porn. I will. Um, I will have, <laughs> I'll have the link in the show notes, yeah. Um, and, yeah, just uh, at HelloFunnels on pretty much everywhere other than TikTok and threads because I just can't do new platforms. I gave up yeah. three years ago on new platforms and I'm sticking with my current ones. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, that's uh, come say hi, come and, you know, Listen to more ramblings about funnels if they uh, if they interest you. <laughs> so good. Amazing. Kate, thanks so much for coming in and hanging out. I can't wait to share this. It's so fun. I'll see you in a coffee shop really soon. Yeah, I look forward to it. <laughs> so fun. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I love Kate. Make sure you go check her out. She is a wealth of knowledge and she's amazing. And I hope you enjoyed this fireside chat. Let me know what you think about the format. If you enjoy these types of episodes as well, I would love to know. Send me a DM on Instagram. If you're not following me, obviously make sure you come over and follow me at Suze Chadwick. But also feel free to share this episode, leave us a review, whatever you want to do. We appreciate it. But otherwise, I'll see you soon.